distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network handles everything. If you have a print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, call Audiobook Network now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-734-1229. 800-734-12. The views and opinions expressed during this show are those of the hosts and guests only. In no way do they represent the views, positions, or opinions expressed or implied of WGSO 990 AM or North Shore Radio, LLC. Welcome to Conversations with Ron Richardson on WGSO 990 AM, where we can be open and honest about real-life issues such as disability, mental health, and everyday life. Now, let's have a real conversation with WGSO host Ron Richardson. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, New Orleans. This is Conversations with Ron Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. Remember, guys, we can also be heard as long as you download that Mixler app on WGSO. This is Conversations with Ron Richardson. And uh, each and every week, you know, we talk about some of the biggest topics that hit the human race, and that's disability, mental health, and everyday life. Today will be no different because I have a newfound extended family member, Mr. Anthony Germide, and he's here to tell us his story about drug addiction and mental health. Mr. Anthony, how you doing, my man? Good morning. I'm fine. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Welcome to Conversations with Ryan Richardson, and I want to say it is an absolute honor and privilege to have you here a uh, quick story. I called my man earlier during the week, and I was like, Anthony, I need a guest. And he was like, you know what? No problem. I'm there. Uh, so it works out. So I want the people to, uh, well, I want you to introduce yourself to my listeners and tell the people exactly who you are and what you do. Okay, sure. Again, thanks for having me. I'm Anthony Germade. Mm-hmm. I am Germade. A, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am basically a mental health and addiction trainer and advocate. I'm born and raised in New Orleans. I've uh, had an interesting career in different areas like video, media, nonprofit management, was fortunate enough to travel the world, lived in Chicago a while, came back to New Orleans about 10 years ago. My inspiration to come back was after Hurricane Katrina and uh, has spent the last 10 years really dedicating my life to helping fight stigma over mental illness and addiction and just wanted to talk about those areas and my experience with lived experience in those particular, um, with those challenges. Right. So we were talking before the show, man, you, you know, you've had your own personal struggles with depression, anxiety, drug usage. And what I want to ask you is how did it all begin? How did it all start? Right. So Back in the day, um, we're going back to the early 1980s, and um, I think as a as a teenage boy, young boy, you know, young guy in my 20s, you know, we have all of our challenges in terms of. Uh, in those days, there was the stigma around mental illness and addiction was much worse than it is now. It's still a problem, but nobody ever talked about it back then. So, if I had a challenge with mental illness, depression, or anxiety, people would say, "Oh, just get over it. Just move on with your life." And then I started out with, you know, alcohol and, you know, different lighter drugs like a lot of people in New Orleans. And then, but when I got into the 80s and started going to college, the drugs were everywhere. And I started experimenting. And so 
I was an athlete when I was young, and I had this, for better or worse, this high physical constitution, meaning I could absorb enormous amounts of drugs and alcohol. Really? All at the same time. And I'm not proud of it, but it's just the reality of what I went through. And there were times in the early to mid-80s where I would combine cocaine, alcohol, marijuana, ecstasy, all in one night. And sometimes uh, be surprised that I was awake the next day. And uh, I think the getting into addiction, which caused a co-occurring challenge with my mental health issues, was my way of coping with anxiety. Because I didn't get professional help for whatever reason at that time. It just wasn't around. Again, people didn't talk about it. So, and that's the thing. I, I, I want to mm-hmm. stop you right there. Mm-hmm. You know, people back then, people didn't talk about certain things. Uh, even growing up with me, you know, from, you know, a young, a young child coming to being a young teenager, you know, there were certain things that you didn't talk about. And like you said, you know, a little while ago, you just have a tendency or your family tells you, okay, hey, get over it, you know, but that's not really helping the, the, the root of the problem. Right. Right. Exactly. That's a very good point. Um, the, the root of the problem is, well, why? Why is this propensity for to do different drugs or alcohol basically every night just to cope with my anxiety? But it goes deeper than that. But I never got professional help, and I, it's partly my, my own fault for that. But I stayed as an addict, I'd say a good seven, eight years into the 1980s. That's a long time. And Somehow I was able to get out of it uh, through finding a career, which was in video production. And I had a buddy of mine that got me involved in that. And um, starting to work on it and just kind of digging out of that addiction hole myself is, is what happened. And um, by the early 90s, I started slowing down. But I still had the mental health issues with depression and anxiety. Still do. And actually, interestingly enough... Um, I've found ways to cope throughout my life with depression, but my anxiety has gotten worse as I've gotten older. Really? And I don't really, I've talked to professionals about that, and they say, well, maybe the world has gotten worse. Because remember back then, there was no social media, right? <laughs> so that, that part, as we say. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so as, as I had a fairly successful career, as I mentioned, and then um, what you have to understand about mental health is it, there's no cure for mental illness but it is treatable, okay? So I mentioned depression, anxiety, but there are people I know very well who have bipolar disorder or um, borderline personality disorder or even schizophrenia. And I have experience working in the mental uh, illness hospitals in New Orleans back then and have seen a lot of things. And um, my inspiration for basically getting the word out and fighting stigma is I've lost many people to overdoses to suicide, especially in the last 15 years. Since 2000, say between 2000 and 2022, um, opioid overdoses and suicides have skyrocketed in this country, and particularly in Louisiana. And people need to know some of the numbers behind that. So do you have any statistics that you may quickly want to give? Yeah, sure. Um, A couple of years ago, um, experts in evidence-based research said that about one out of every five Americans has at least one diagnosable mental illness. Some say now it's one out of every four. So if you think of one out of every four or five people you know, at least one of them has depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder. The issue is most of them, over 90% 
of people with mental illness or addiction don't think they have a problem. Why? It's because it's not talked about or they don't want to admit it. Another example of some data, um, the population with the highest suicide rate in America right now is my demographic, white, Caucasian, middle-aged males by far, about 25 per 100,000 passed by suicide. The demographic with the lowest rate of suicide is African-American females. Researchers think that's because African-American females and females in general kind of hold the family together. Uh, if things go wrong, if somebody loses the job, the husband, the father, whoever, things like that. So those things are important to understand. But it's addiction and uh, suicide and mental illness is a problem for all populations. Uh, every soci People of every socioeconomic background, doesn't matter what job you have, what part of the country you live in, it's an issue everywhere, and especially here in Louisiana. Yeah, man. Like I said, looking at you when you walked in, you know, you're professional and, you know, you, you, you carry yourself in a certain manner. Mm -hmm. And I would have never thought, you know, looking at you, you suffered with uh, in the past with drug addiction and mental health. But you know what? We got to go to our first break and uh, you're going to hang around with us, right? Sure. All right, man. This is uh, Conversations with Ron Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. Remember, guys, if you want to download us and listen to us on the go you can download that mixler app and catch every show here at wgso 990 am and remember guys also if you want to hit yours truly ryan richardson up on social networking you can find me on facebook just search for the ryan richardson facebook page and you can also find me on instagram and that is ronald underscore richardson underscore junior on instagram we'll be right back after this stay tuned What does grace mean to you? At Grace at the Green Light, a 501c3 nonprofit, we believe that everyone deserves a hot meal, clean drinking water, a welcoming community, and a chance to go home again. You can help create a new home and hope for those who need it most. To see how, visit our website at graceatthegreenlight.org. Donate your vehicle and make a difference. WGSO 990 AM has partnered with Charitable Adult Rides and Services, also known as CARS, to allow you the opportunity to donate your car, truck, motorcycle, RV, or boat to our nonprofit organization. You may qualify for a tax deduction while supporting a cause that is near and dear to your heart. Simply go to WGSO.com and follow the link on our homepage. Vehicle donation pickup is always free to you, and most vehicles can be picked up within 24 to 72 hours. You'll receive an initial car donation receipt upon pickup, and then the CARS team will work to turn your car into cash to support our cause. Once your vehicle is sold, the CARS team will provide you proper tax forms in time to file. Their friendly donor support representatives are available seven days a week to assist throughout the process. Again, for more information, go to WGSO.com. Join me, BJ Rust, every Saturday night for the Something to Say radio show on WGSO 990 AM 
and streaming live on WGSO.com. WGSO 990 AM is the only locally owned and operated talk station in New Orleans. We feature 20 local hosts discussing a variety of topics in an era when the daily newspaper is being discontinued and our competitors are out-of-state media conglomerates. We ask you, our listeners, to support local programming on a local station. To advertise or sponsor one of our great shows, contact me at Jeff at WGSO.com or call 504-669-6076. Hey y'all, the Beat Exchange has a new time slot on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans at 7 p.m. on Mondays. Exchange with Barbara Hoover, Mondays at 7 p.m. More and more Americans are listening on American Ground. Listen each Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Parr. Hey, everything old is new again, fans. This is Douglas Viviani with David Cohen. We are changing times on WGSO 990 AM from Saturdays at 1 to 9 AM. That's every Saturday. Everything old is new again. David, what do you think? Yeah, that's great. I mean, we're kind of morning people more than afternoons, right? We usually nap around 1 o'clock. Yeah, we run out of gas uh, pretty. <laughs> talking all kind of pop culture, entertainment, celebrity interviews. Wake up New Orleans on Saturdays with everything old is new again. 9 AM, WGSO. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Conversations with Ron Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. Coming back with some Sade, Kiss of Life, right here on Conversations with Ron Richardson. If you want to drop us a line, man, give us a call, 504-556-9696, 504-556-96. If you want to talk to my main man and myself, Mr. Anthony Germain, I finally got that last name right. How you doing, my man? Good. All right, so welcome back to the show, and are you having a good time? Yes, this is great. All right, man, and I want to ask you, uh, we were talking before the break in the first segment, you you know, you talked about, you know, your drug usage, usage starting it, you know, you were an athlete, you were, uh, I guess you would say a, a pretty standout student, correct? I was an okay student, mm-hmm. but I, I not as good as I, I should have been or could have been. And right. and I think my mental illness and addiction really affected my my academics. And I didn't even graduate in the eighties. I just kept partying and partying. And maybe I finished uh, two years of school before I got into video, and then I started making money. Mm-hmm. And that was an opportunity. And I started realizing, hey, I can do something with my life. And I started calming down on the drugs and and uh, started focusing on my career around the age of 30, early 30s. And we were talking also during the break about your progression right. and how you started to focus on the career. And we, you know, mm-hmm. both said that life can be a roller coaster. That's what you were talking about during the yeah. break. And you, mm-hmm. even though, you know, things took off for you and you, you had everything going, you still were kind of going up and down and you dibbled and dabbled back into the drugs and the alcohol. So why don't you expound on that a little bit and tell my listeners how right. that happened. Right. That's a good point. So in, we get into the 1990s and my career is starting to take off. And I realized, you know, there's a phrase, all it takes is one in, in it to change someone's life. And even though I didn't get professional help, 
I had that inner resilience that I can do better, I can be better, I don't have to be a drug addict, I don't have to die by suicide. And I had a support group around me, I always had a lot of friends, and I always encourage people to have a lot of friends and family, but some people aren't cl close to their family members. Well, you can have friends, okay, to support right. you when you have these issues. So anyway, uh, in the late 90s, I got an opportunity to move to Chicago, and my career just took off. And I went from being a videographer in New Orleans, which was fine, to an executive producer for an international nonprofit in Chicago for mm. 13 years and got to travel the world producing conventions. And I got that opportunity. My boss saw something in me that I didn't know I had. He's like, you can be a producer. You can produce these conventions, and you can move your way up. And that really motivated me to conquer my addiction and keep my depression and anxiety under control. And so the 2000s kind of were going along, and I'm like, well, you know, it, it started to build my, my resilience and confidence. And one of the things that led to me getting professional therapy for my, because you remember, if you're an addict or if you're, you have mental illness, it's always going to be there. I don't believe in that philosophy. There, there is some controversy, if I, if I might say this. Some people say once you're an addict or you're, you have mental illness, then you're always an addict. I don't believe that. If you conquer it, I, think, I don't think you should self-label, okay? And it's important for people to understand you can't read the label from inside the jar. Mm -hmm. It's hard to self-diagnose, and that's where self-awareness and emotional intelligence comes into play. So people stay addicted to drugs or they stay uh, with a mental health issue and not getting help because they're not aware of it and they don't get treatment. Right. But that's why it's important to have a support group. So and it also... Not to interrupt you, but it also goes back to the stigma part of things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. People, you know, they I always say, and I've said this numerous times on the show for all my listeners, you know, once a person puts you in that box, they never really want to take you out of it. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then one of my motivations actually was Hurricane Katrina. I was living in Chicago at the time, and uh, my family stayed here. Uh, my parents, niece, nephew, sister, they were trapped in one of the hospitals here. Uh, they almost lost their lives, but, um, the, you know, the Lord and life and worked in, in positive ways to, to save them, but I always wanted to come back. And, and just from the trauma of going through Katrina with my family, I got professional help in Chicago for my addiction and my, my mental health issues, and that really helped. And I was in my 40s, so I, I encourage everyone to get professional help um, even if you don't, you don't try to self-diagnose. Don't try to diagnose your friend who is, has addiction problems or, or get them professional help. It's very important, especially with our youth. But anyway, um, as my career went on, uh, eventually I came back to Louisiana to contribute, and I got into social services. And uh, remember we talked about how I never graduated from LSU in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I ended up going back to school and getting my bachelor's degree at 56 and a master's at 58, and I was older than all my professors. <laughs> but, um, I was, so how was that, man? <laughs> it was interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I did it. It, it, was, it was a little tough in the beginning, but um, I'm glad I did it. It gave me opportunities become, to become an executive director of uh, a mental health nonprofit and in uh, a couple of other places since then, and then eventually get into training and help spread the word to fight stigma um, over mental illness and addiction. So um, that's what I've dedicated, you know, whatever days I have less, left in my career in my life, that's what I'm going to do. Talk about it. Talk about it. And um, we need to reduce these suicides. We need to talk to our kids about opioids and pills and what's going on there. And it's a big problem. On a personal note, and I want to ask you this, what do you think would be the start 
of suicide prevention? How do you think that we can curb that negative aspect of life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we have to start with the family. We have to talk about it in our families. Um, that's where the strength comes from. Mm -hmm. Whether it's parents uh, talking to their young children, and now you've got examples of kids, seventh, eighth grade, passing by suicide, uh, through when maybe it's bullying, cyberbullying is a problem. I encourage parents to check their, their kids' phones to see what's going on, communicate with them. We need more resources. Um, one of the positive, few positive things that came out of COVID was the federal government put billions of dollars into mental health and addiction issues throughout the country, and a lot of uh, communities are starting to use that money. With suicide, you've got to understand that it is an epidemic. Okay, um, it is about roughly 11.25 or so right now. By the time it gets to 11.40, basically 11 minutes, 10 minutes, one person is going to pass by suicide in really? this country. Really? 11 minutes later, another person is going to pass by suicide. When, when we go to bed midnight tonight, 13 hours or so from now, someone's going to pass by suicide in Louisiana. When we wake up tomorrow morning, another person will pass by suicide. And one thing I want to I touch on is, you know, you're older than me, but I'm old enough to remember, you know, it was a different time. You know, I didn't grow up with social networking. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with a cell phone. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was about 17, right. 16, 17. Right. So the bullying and in, in, in the, in the harassment online, it never ends. Yeah. So, you know, I can remember when we were bullied in school, you know, you go home and you know, you're able to woosa and just relax and, you know, you deal with it tomorrow. But right. by everything being online, the right. issue never ends. Right. That's a very good point. When I was a kid, if there was bullying, what, you got in a fist fight on the playground? Yes. At the worst, you know, that maybe happened. You go home, you shake it off. Uh, your dad said, you know, if you hurt yourself, you got a black eye, your dad would say, rub a little dirt on it, you'll be fine, you know? Mm -hmm. But let's not talk about the bullying. Now, with the power of technology growing right. exponentially every year, year and a half, there's more apps out there, and parents need to monitor what their kids are doing on social media. All right, I'm going to put you on pause, man. This is good information. This is uh, Conversations with Ryan Richardson on WGSO 990 AM. I got my main man, Mr. Anthony Jermaid. In the building, talking about mental health and his story on drug addiction. And you know what? We'll be right back after this, man. This is a conversation with Ryan Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. See you soon. But in passing, we'll grow older every day. Just as all that's born is new, do know what I say is Hi, I'm William Wallace. You can hear me live on Tuesday nights at 5 o'clock here on WGSO or see what I had to say on Facebook at William Wallace for America. Hi, this is Kevin Carr, host of Fat Guys at the Movies. Listen every Sunday at 8 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, the community voice of the Crescent City. 
Hey, Mimi, we're moving. Moving to Wednesdays at 5. You can check out He Said, She Said on a new day. Hump day. A new day, but we'll still be discussing and debating the hot topics. And take your phone call. You can listen to us on 990 AM, WGSO, WGSO.com. And find out who's right. Of course, that's me. No, of course, that's me. I've been doing this 23 years, Mimi. Practice makes perfect. So you see, we'll have plenty to talk about on He Said, She Said. Wednesdays at 5. Right here on WGSO. Are you looking for the perfect personalized gift for your friends and loved ones? Then look no further than Crow and Crescent. Crow and Crescent provides customizable handmade gifts, tumbler cups, and much more. All items are handmade with care and can be gift wrapped with personalized messages. For more information, you can find us at crowandcrescent.com and on Instagram. Crow and Crescent, let us show you the right gift for any occasion. Hello, I'm Cynthia. I invite you to tune in four to five daily, and please invite a friend or two. Y'all will take a tour with me of our town from four to five daily as we taste our town's cuisine, meet interesting business leaders in the marketplace, and enjoy encouragement and motivation from spiritual leaders and from fellow brothers and sisters in our community. This show is a voice for our town to speak. I welcome, encourage, and respect different voices and viewpoints. Call in to talk about our town four to five daily. It's the Flaming Conservative. Join me now on Friday nights at 7 p.m. for Holy and Patriotic Jambalaya on WGSO. update. Explosions hurting Gaza as fighting continues into a second day this Saturday after the Israel-Hamas truce ends. Hamas still holding over 100 Israelis hostage. The IDF says more than 400 targets hit in Gaza in the past 24 hours since the truce expired. And as for getting aid into Gaza, John Kirby with the National Security Council. Looks like we're going to be able to resume it, probably in, in terms of dozens of trucks versus hundreds of trucks. That's a good sign. The first female U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor has passed away. She was 93 years old and was suffering from advanced dementia. In other news, Vice President Kamala Harris arriving in Dubai for the COP28 Climate Summit. President Biden and China's President Xi opting to skip this event, the focus cutting fossil fuels and tackling climate change. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Attention small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You could recover up to $26,000 per employee today. And all you have to do is make one short 10-minute call to take your business up a notch or bounce back from these difficult couple of years. Omega Accounting Solutions can help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute ERC consultation to determine if you qualify. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. They know their stuff so well that CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. Call 800-300-9ERC. That's 800-300-9ERC. 1-800-300-9ERC. Or visit Omega Tax Credit. Hi, I'm Huck, an active Christian who loves Louisiana. One of my goals is to bring Louisiana's education from 50th to number one. And I'm Dave. I'm not afraid of government bureaucrats. I fear God. Our rights and freedoms come from Him. 
This is Liberty or Lockdown. Please join us on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. Hey, this is Christian Garrick. I'm excited about my new show on WGSO 990 AM, Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. There are a lot of things going on in this country and in this city that are concerning. I'm your voice. You might be afraid to speak out for fear of cancel culture or losing your job. Christian Garrick Show on WGSO is your platform, noon to 2, weekdays, right here on 990 AM WGSO. Hey, folks, this is Jeff Cruer. Join me at 7 a.m. till 11 right here on WGSO 990 a.m. for Ringside Politics with a Punch. We're going to be bringing you great guests. We'll discuss the latest hot topics and, of course, taking your phone calls. On Monday, the mayor of Mandeville joins us, the Honorable Clay Madden. We'll get the latest on the North Shore, and then we'll discuss the hot topics of the day with Ringside All-Star publisher of TheDeadPelican.com, Chad Rogers. All of that and more right here on Ringside from 7 to 11 on WGSO. Boy, have we got a show for you this week. Ever wonder where all the great songs have gone? Well, we found them. Hey everyone, I'm Pat Matthews, your host of 70's Deja Vu. And once again, I'll be looking in the rearview mirror and I'll see you in the back seat. Join me for some great music, all selected to get you going on 70's Deja Vu. Sunday morning at 7 a.m. right here on 990 a.m. WGSO. on the bayou by the meters this is conversations with ryan richardson on wgso 990 am and wgso.com remember guys if you want to catch us on the go you can download the mixler app drop us a line man hit us up 504-556-9696 and i have my main man my new extended family member here at wgso mr anthony jermaid how you doing man good Good, thank you. All right, so why don't you tell the people where they can get in contact with you uh, if they want to find more about uh, the things that you do in uh, drug addiction, your story. Yes, um, I have a website um, based on my training business, carmenlinelearning.com. It's K-A-R-M-A-N-L-I-N-E, learning.com, and I've got resources on there about training information about about addiction and about uh, mental health in particular. And uh, if anybody wants, it's the same email, carmenlinelearning at gmail.com, if anyone wants to reach out with any questions. And it's really important to understand, I think, um, in terms of suicide, uh, one of the ways I was able to be resilient is appreciate life. There's got to be, you have to appreciate life, life and love, family, and always keep repeating about support groups. Don't try to get through your tough times by yourself. If you get laid off, you lose a job, you lose a loved one, you need to reach out to people. And you know what else, before yeah. I forget, mm -hmm. we always think, oh, certain individual we know is always the strong one. This is somebody we all know, that family mm -hmm. member, that partner, or that friend who is the strong one. Well, we need to, during tough times, like during COVID or during 
here we have natural disasters where everybody needs help. Look out for the strong ones. Check on them because guess what? They're helping people all the time. Um, And when you have, when you think of disasters that can trigger mental health or addiction issues, you want to know what your own touch points and triggers are. We all have them, whatever they may be. And we also, when it comes to suicide and even opioid addiction, look out for the elderly. Isolationism is one of the biggest causes of suicide among uh, men and women 55 and over. Women in that population attempt suicide three times more than men, but they don't complete it. Men tend to complete it a lot at a lot higher rate than women. I've heard that uh, once before, mm-hmm. that men are more likely yes. to complete it right. versus you know women, they may attempt, but they don't finish. Right. And we have to understand that um, for people 50 and under in this country, overdoses and suicide, you put them together, uh, it's the leading cause of death in this country for those 50 and under. And let's not forget about our veterans. I think it's important to talk about our veterans. Um, We lose 22 veterans a day in America to suicide. 22 every day. And these are people that have served our country and there are different organizations, VFW in different places, and they have programs, but again, they have limited resources. Even there's something called parking lot suicides. Uh, Every city, every state has a Veterans Administration that has programs, mental health, medical um, treatment programs for veterans. And so, but when a veteran is suffering mental illness or PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome from being in combat or whatever duties they had in the military, sometimes... The Veterans Administration, it's hard to get an appointment. It's hard for people. They have to wait months. So they will go to a parking lot at a Veterans Administration and die by suicide because they don't want to do it at home in front of their family. That is another epidemic that people are not talking about. And, again, it goes to stigma. So if you know a veteran, my father was a World War II veteran, and he had his challenges, but he was that generation. They just toughed it out, the greatest generation, right? Nowadays, if you know a veteran that's struggling, reach out to them. Also, another reason why suicide is high among veterans is they're trained in weapons, right? They have guns, right? And so you also want to look at, in Louisiana, the highest rate of suicide is in Orleans, Jefferson parishes, East Baton Rouge parishes having a huge problem with suicides and opioid overdoses because of the population and the numbers. But it's the rural communities in Louisiana and the rural states that have the highest number of suicides per capita, per 100,000 people. It's because they're more isolated. There's not as many resources in rural areas. Maybe the Internet isn't helping as much. But we also want to think in terms of solutions. Um, The money is putting a lot of money, or the government is putting a lot of money into um, increasing the power of the Internet so people can do telehealth and get counseling over the computer and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, we were also talking about before the show, uh, I always touch on my disability. You know, when I got diagnosed with cerebral palsy as a young child, they didn't have all the resources that they had have now. You know, and I, I think I mentioned this before. Also, uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act didn't get passed till 1990. I was born in 84. So, you know, it's still relatively a new law and a new act for disabled People are differently able people, as we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. So I want to switch gears here, man, because you've also gone through something 
in your personal life that is not talked about uh, among men because it's not something that would normally happen. You have gone through or been through uh, domestic abuse. Yes. So why don't you touch on that? Yes. Um, yes. Everyone is susceptible to domestic abuse. Um, I have uh, a, a close relative. Bring your mic to you a little bit more. Yeah. I have a close relative who experienced domestic abuse, her partner, and she was able to get out of that situation a long time ago and get help. But then I myself least expected. Here I was, um, early 60s, big, strong man, and got verbally, mentally, and physically abused by my partner, and it wasn't that long ago. And I went through it and kind of, you know, you can't hit a woman or a man. It doesn't right. matter about gender. You don't want to get into violence or anything like that. But after a couple of months of abuse, I decided this this is not working for me, and I can't help this person, and I had to ask the person to leave, but then that's when the trauma hits, and that's a sign of PTSD, and it was really bad. And I thought, well, I can get through anything. Well, not by myself. Again, and I had to get professional help to get through it. So, I mean, what, what was that experience like for you? Like, how did you... Did you tell anybody that was close to you that you were being abused by your partner? That's a very good question. I didn't tell any anyone about it when I was going through it because I was focusing on trying to help my partner to bring my partner down from her episodes that she would take out on me. And some days uh, she wouldn't remember the abuse the next day. And so that's a sign of her mental illness. And so... It didn't really hit me until I had to separate from her physically in, in living living spaces. Mm -hmm. And then within a week or so later, that's when the trauma hits. And it, so it hit you. Hit me. Okay. Hit me, yes. Yeah. And I'm talking about being early 60s and being weeks in bed, not being able to get out of bed, uncontrollable crying for no reason. And I've cried, what, three times in my, my grown life as an adult, maybe when my mom passed or during Katrina, right? But to be able to go through that and not being able to function to the point of even getting to the computer to find resources or information for weeks was very difficult. But again, I went back to my best friend, my sisters. I had them as support people, and they would call me every day to check on me every day. Now, but did, did anybody not believe you when you told no, they believe me. Okay. They believe me, and the way they believe me is because when we, when we talked on the phone, I was stuttering. I was stuttering, and I never stuttered in my life. And when I went to get professional help, I remember it was a couple of weeks after this trauma started, the, psych the psychiatrist saw me, and she said, how long have you been trembling and stuttering? I said, I didn't even know I was trembling, but I was shaking and stuttering for about two weeks. And she said, that's severe, severe trauma from the abuse. Wow. And she, I had to do a combination of medications and professional therapy and that support group. Uh, it took me a couple months to get out of it. But one good thing about getting older and getting more resilient, you know what to do. You know, you know the steps to take. Yeah. And then in uh, by late spring, within three days, I got a new job, a new apartment, a new vehicle, and turned my life around in three days. And, you know, we, we, we touched on this before the show. We, you and I were just having a general conversation. You know, as a man, you know, you know, which you're not going to put up with the next time around, whoever, whatever partner or, you know, whoever you choose to be with, right? 
Right. And it's important to point out, men are victims of domestic uh, abuse. And But again, as, as it also relates to suicide, men don't want to talk about it. We're, t- we're the tough guys. We don't want to admit there's a problem, right? But we, right. Need, we need to. All right. So, you know, we're going to touch on that and we're going to touch on uh, some new stuff you got going on. Okay. All right. This is Conversations with Ron Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. Hit us up, man. Drop us a line. 504-556-9696. 504-556-9696. Conversations with Ron Richardson with special guest, Mr. Anthony Germain, mental health advocate, right here on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Got your license to grill? Call Chew on This Saturdays at noon on WGSO and tell us all about it. Don Clement and Patty B are waiting to hear your cooking secrets. When the time came, I knew I had to find a place where mom would be safe and active while still feeling independent. A place that was close to all of us and everything she needed. Locally owned and operated in the heart of Gonzales, I found Francois Ben's Senior Living. They specialize in independent and assisted living and memory care. Call 225-647-BEND for more information on our special pre-leasing offers. Francois Ben Senior Living. Experience life as it should be. Tune in to Chew on This, Saturdays at noon on WGSO. Tell us what you're cooking or ask us how to cook it with Don Clement and Patty B. We'll share recipes, cooking techniques, everything from sous vide to grilling. Got a favorite kitchen gadget? Let us know about it. Your grandma's secret sauce? Now we're talking. Tips from home cooks for gourmet cooking at your home. Join Don Clement and Patty B for Chew on This, Saturdays at noon on WGSO. Come on to my house. Hey, this is BJ Russ. Make sure you join me every Saturday night for the Something to Say radio show right here on WGSO 990 AM. We'll be on from 7 to 8 p.m. We'll talk sports, music, movies, and pretty much anything in between. Saturday nights at 7 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM. That's the place to be. And don't forget that you can listen to us on WGSO.com and on the Mixler app. Does your business need to boost sales or drive customer loyalty? Talk to Sir Speedy. Our direct mail pros can get your company in front of the right people with our comprehensive direct mail and mailing services. All you have to do is share your goals with us and we can do the rest. Get the ball rolling and send your next direct mail project to us. Call Sir Speedy at 504-586-9812 or visit us online at sirspeedyneworleans.com. That's 504-586-9812. One, two, we do it. Join me, Mitch Gibbs, every Monday and Friday at 5 p.m. live on WGSO Radio New Orleans, talking Saints football in our 12th season in the red zone. We'll be live at Premier Nissan at 6636 Veterans Boulevard, where Metairie meets Kenner for another exciting season of Saints football live on WGSO Radio. Join me, Mitch Gibbs, every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. for our eighth season of Breakfast with the Bayou Bengals, live from the Silver Slipper Casino in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. 
Hey y'all, the Beat Exchange has a new time slot, Mondays at 7 p.m. On WGSO, 9.90 a.m. in New Orleans, the Beat Exchange with Barbara Hoover. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Coming back with some uh, Bobby Brown on our own right here on Conversations with Ryan Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. And uh, we're back with Mr. Anthony Jermaine, mental health advocate, talking about drug addiction, talking about mental health, and he's just giving us some insight on his life story and the struggles that he has had with uh, mental health issues and drug addiction and different things like that. So I want to ask you, man, how are you today? Uh, just overall with everything that you have dealt with, are you in a better place mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. I'm, I'm good today. Um, am I perfect? Is everything wonderful? Am I hundred percent happy? No, not yet. Um, after going through the abuse, my psychiatrist said, you should be okay by the end of the year. And that's like six or eight months. I said, no, that's, that's I can't wait that long. I got a new job. I got to get my life together. I want to live and start enjoying life. But she was right. I'm almost there. I'm about 90% there in terms of how I feel, my mental health. I still have anxiety. Um, I do believe I have conquered addiction within the last 10 years. I haven't, well, it's been 15 years or so since I've done it. So that's how long you've been sober? I'm sorry? That's how long you've been sober? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. In the last 10, 15 years, I'll have a couple of beers or anything, but, but no heavy drugs or anything like that. So, um, you can conquer addiction, but I, I recommend that no one, if you have an issue with alcohol or drugs, don't try to do it by yourself. It's too hard. Get professional help. Same thing with mental illness. Um, and you want to appreciate life. We are all lucky to be here. If you think of go back and all the grandparents and great-grandparents and everyone that had to come together for us to even exist in this universe feel fortunate understand uh, be mindful be intentional if you have mental illness or addiction issues if you think you can't get through the day keep telling yourself quote be here tomorrow be here tomorrow and use that as your motivation talk to your friends about what's going on as I said earlier, all it takes is one, one opportunity, one connection, one person to connect you with a professional or some support system, a friend, a family member, whoever it is, and you can get through it. If I can get through it, anybody can get through it. We touched on before our last break, uh, the opioid epidemic, and you had made a good, uh, a major point about how uh, these young people, teenagers are having opioid opiate parties, right? Right. right. Yes. So um, back in the day when I was in my 20s, if there was pills around, whatever kind of drug, again, it wasn't great if you took it, but if you were in good shape, you were going to get up the next day. You were going to survive. Now what's happening is this. Fentanyl is 50 times more deadly than morphine, 70 times more deadly than heroin. If you think about that, it's astounding. Fentanyl is being created in China. It is being imported to Mexico because the import-export laws are a lot more lax in Mexico than the United States. The drug cartels in Mexico have caught on to this. They are lacing pills with drops of fentanyl, and they are 
putting labels on prescription pills and make them look exactly like Xanax or Vicodin, and then they're putting, getting them into the United States. So kids on the street are having pill parties, and you might get a blue tab, an oval, looks just like a Xanax or a Vicodin. It's got the number, the stamp on it, and you think, oh, that's a prescription. No, if it's not from your doctor, don't take it. And kids, even young people, even older people are taking one pill, they're dropping dead before they even know something's wrong. It is a epidemic. And I encourage everyone out there, parents, families, if you have, everyone has to go to the dentist or the doctor and get, you know, a hydrocodone or some kind of pill. It, when you're done with that or completed with it, um, get rid of it, dispose of it. If you have young people in the house, you don't want them anywhere near it, any kind of pill, and you want to encourage them never to take any kind of pill. Marijuana is one thing, okay? That's an, another kind of discussion, but you can take a pill off the street. They're, they're manufacturing them in, in Mexico for 20 cents a pill and selling them on the market in the U.S. for $20 a pill. Now, the markup on that is huge. $20 a pill, so if you have a prescription bottle of 30 pills at $20 a pill. Right. Like the street value on it is. Yeah. 600 or what or more or whatever. And yeah. the cost is, is minimal. So it's more effective for them to lace fentanyl and sell pills in the United States and even cocaine nowadays. So um, as family members, parents, school, people who work in schools, um, professional people in mental health and behavioral health need to be aware of all this and educate our youth especially in terms of just staying away from pills. All it takes is one to, 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 to kill you, basically. A pill, one pill can kill. So how do you cope uh, with your issues? Like, what do you do for fun? Oh. <laughs> you know, well, like... It, what, what is what is a, what is a fun coping mechanism that uh, Anthony does to to kind of just take a load off of a long date? Yeah, well, personally, um, you know, I work very hard, and um, what I do for fun, it's hard to to live in New Orleans and not have fun, right? Exactly, it's a great city, yeah. so I, I like to go uh, to festivals. I like to go hear live music. I love culture, experiencing things like that. I like to travel. Um, whether it's to the beach or see family in Chicago or wherever. So, um, but one coping uh, mechanism I use if I'm feeling depressed or a little down after a rough day is reading with a book, not reading online, getting away from the screen, the tablets, and just a good old-fashioned book. And you can get that escape and maybe learn a few things. But, um, and, then, and then seeing my friends. Seeing friends is, is very important, I think. Yeah, man. Uh, I think friends play a major part and how we interact with each other and how we cope with the death of a family member, our own personal issues, or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, man. So uh, what's next for you? Like, what do you have upcoming and uh, what's going on in the future? I think what's next for me is to um, use whatever time, energy I have to spread the word and educate people on addiction and mental health issues and suicide prevention. It's kind of like my mission now, and I think I'm here in this place for a reason, and I think I survived all the drugs and alcohol I used to do and the thoughts of suicide uh, for a reason. Mm 
and that was maybe just to educate others. If it can help save one life, you know, I think that's that's important. There's a gentleman named Kevin Hines who um, he he didn't appreciate life. He was a young man 20 years ago. He decided to take his own life by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, and I spoke with him. He's one of the few people who've survived it, maybe 10 people in recorded history have survived So he survived? That. He wow. survived it. Wow. And he said... And he, now he's a mental health advocate, travels the country, and he said as soon as he left that railing, within a second, he regretted it because he thought, no, life yeah. is too precious. Why did I do that? So be here tomorrow. You always want to keep being mindful of that. It's not worth it. Things will always get better, whether it's addiction or mental illness. you got to get help. you got to get treatment. you got to have a support group around you. That is a – I'm still stuck on he survived jumping off of the bridge. Yeah. He got hurt bad. <laughs> it took yeah. him a long time to recover, but he survived, and he spreads the word. I want to do the same thing, and I didn't have near the experience he had. But um, And I encourage people to be advocates. Join support groups. Uh, in the, Every community has a support group, whether it's for mental illness or addiction. Be an advocate in your community. Talk to your church, your school, and um, let people know that life is worth living. All right, man. So, Mr. Jermaine, all the best to you, my main man. Thank you. And uh, we, we will be back for part two of uh, another venture that you have going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the best to you in the near future. All right, man? Thank you. Same to you. All right, man. This has been Conversations with Ron Richardson on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. Peace and love. See you guys next week. Same time, same place. And remember, healing and recovery start with you. Love you, New Orleans. See you soon. Hello, Patriots. My name is Connie, and I am a fellow Louisianian. I started an online store in 2019 exclusively selling products which are made in the USA. My site is AmericanCentralStore.com. That's AmericanCentralStore.com. The reason for this ad is that I need products. I am trying to find drop shipping merchants with Louisiana-made products that can ship directly to the customer. If you are a Louisiana merchant who makes quality products, and if you can drop ship your products directly to the customer, I would love to hear from you. The only products I cannot carry right now are clothing items, but will carry those in the future. Please visit my site at AmericanCentralStore.com. Click the Contact Us link for the phone number and email address. Thank you, Patriots. Be American. Buy American.